I can't say this was a a conscious thought out plan. <laughs> it was a opportunity that I, I jumped at because I wanted to help. Welcome to the Reinventors, the show about radical career change. These are stories of resilience and determination to bring you a little comfort, solace, and inspiration. I'm Claire Wiley. When the pandemic hit, I think many of us had this desire to help in whatever way we could. Aki Naito really took that to the next level. Aki had worked in technology for years. She was really good at taking these complicated ideas and tools and explaining them to people, making sense of them. Then, March 2020. But Aki saw an opportunity to take what she'd learned in tech and apply it on the front line of the crisis, helping communities and families who are most at risk. Being in a business role at a technology company lets you translate kind of the, the coolest tech and science that's happening and turning them into real world um, kind of uses for, for people and also explaining to real people how that stuff works, <laughs> uh, which was probably my perfect space between, you know, really loving that tech and wanting to, to find a place for it in the world. My advisor when I was at Dartmouth was uh, Ursula Gibson. She's an amazing professor in the first, uh, first class of female graduates at, at Dartmouth. She also taught a class called uh, Engineering for Non-Science Majors. And the, the textbook for it was The Way Things Work by David McCauley. It teaches you, like, how does a key in a lock work? Like, how does the toilet flush? It, it actually really goes through really basic concepts. But something that she said to me that really stuck, uh, she was my thesis advisor, and uh, I, I won't go into it, but it was not a topic that was very easy to explain. But she would always say the, the true mark of, of understanding a concept really well is that you can explain it to a five-year-old. So if you can't explain it to a five-year-old, you actually don't know uh, what you think you know. Uh, I think my thesis I got to about like maybe 10-year-old I could explain it to. But I do think that uh, no matter how hard or how complicated a technical concept might be, uh, you, sh you have to be able to break it down to, to explain the, um, the basics of it to, to your audience, whoever that may be. I left, or I was graduating from college in 2001. So that the, you know, the kind of the actually coming down from the burst of the bubble, which is a whole other story. And then in 2006, when I was interning during my MBA, it was one of my projects was actually the future of user-generated uh, video content. I had a whole report on there's this thing called YouTube and Vimeo <laughs> uh, and what the potential of this might be. So there is a lot of things that were just starting to to really take take hold because of kind of compute and ability to go into cloud and, and, and the internet. And I think that... Um, just generally bringing those to the consumer space was really interesting. After graduating, Aki went to work at Cisco, which at that point was the largest networking company in the world. She was part of the business marketing team, so she explained technical products to the manufacturing industry. 
I was really lucky at, at Cisco in having amazing managers uh, and, and mentors who I think recognized the point at which I needed a new challenge uh, and finding finding the kinds of projects and work that would keep me engaged and growing. So uh, I quickly got up to speed on this industry and then started working on a, a new initiative at the time for, for Cisco, which was around uh, uh, smart and connected uh, homes in, in communities. And as part of that, there that a lot of um, the connected home space uh, and the connected communities work was happening overseas in in Asia, in the Middle East, uh, and I was working on on a number of projects in Korea and China. So, in 2010, uh, the the World Expo took place in Shanghai around the theme "Better City, Better Life," and it was all around urbanization, obviously a big topic in in China and how a, a connected community uh, would bring this new era of, of urbanization, which is a really good, you know, it was a perfect theme for, for Cisco at the time. Uh, and they had a big presence for about six months there. It was a very last minute uh, decision, uh, but I ended up going and spending seven months in, in Shanghai to support that project. So when I came back from China, there was an opportunity to, to work with uh, Cisco's uh, new cloud space, working with these large service providers. So think telecoms like AT&T and uh, Deutsche Telekom and, and NTT in Japan and Telstra in Australia. As they build out their cloud products, how does Cisco support them so that they are uh, able to be successful? It was an amazing role where uh, for two years, I spent a lot of time on the road. I have not been a great five, 10 year kind of person because I do find that I get interested in so many things. Uh, I think the one common thread has always been that, um, I, you know, I want to find new learning opportunities, things that keep me just interested and engaged and challenged. Uh, and the other is that I get to work with great people. Um, I, I've been really fortunate, I think, throughout most of my career that that's, that's been the case, that I found both learning and, and, and fantastic people to learn from. There came a point where Aki felt like she'd reached a plateau of what she could learn at Cisco. So she joined a small IT startup before going to GitHub for four years. After that, she was ready for a break. I, uh, I knew that this break was coming. So I'd planned for, uh, you know, taking a good six months maybe to reset, to bring myself to a, a good place where I can throw myself into the next, next venture, whatever that was going to be. Uh, I had the opportunity to go to Japan. It was right at the beginning of, of the pandemic in, in February. Uh, I got to see my family, uh, meet my baby nephew, and I arrived back in San Francisco on March 18th, <laughs> just two days into shelter in place going into, into, uh, into effect. So that was, uh, that, that changed everything. Japan was already in the, the kind of, the kind of state that we are here today. Uh, they're closer to China. They'd, uh, you know, the Chinese generally weren't traveling at that point because this was the peak, uh, in Asia. 
And in Japan, everyone was wearing masks. We actually came back here and already knew what to do because we'd spent three weeks、uh, wearing masks and washing our hands and sanitizing everywhere we went. So actually coming back here was a, was a bit of a shock. And so my,、uh, my partner was taking immunosuppressant medication at the time because he had、uh, chronic kidney disease.、Uh, and, and that meant that if he or I ha- happened to get COVID, the chances that he would have the, the worst kind of complications, the worst version of it was, was really likely. And so we had to be really careful. Um, we barely left the house, really, for the first few months、uh, that shelter in place started.、Um, and so we understood really deeply what you know, the needs for people who were at most at risk of COVID, so seniors and, and people with medical conditions like him. And so, two weeks into you know, Coursera and, and lots of cooking, I saw a LinkedIn post、uh, by a, a, a friend, business school friend. Jeff Miller, who had just started Helping Hands Community,、um, which is a nonprofit that helps people who are most at risk to COVID stay safely at home and getting the supplies they needed. So I jumped at that. I was like, hey, how can I help? <laughs> and ended up joining and becoming the COO of the organization. I, even still, but there's so much uncertainty. I think that's for everyone, that's the <laughs> overarching theme of, of 2020. Uh, I, I knew at some point I wanted to go back. And there's certainly a part of, you know, do I jump in now? Do I need to start looking? What's going to happen to the economy?、Um, I think what I, I am really glad that I ended up doing was when I, I had planned to take a six month break, meaning that financially I had a, a buffer. I knew that, you know, I wanted to be able to do this without worrying about having to, to find, a job, find a job.、Um, And the great thing about shelter in place is you actually tend to spend a lot less than, than you may have in, in the normal world.、Uh, and so there was less of that pressure, which is great. And I think once they started the work of helping hands,、uh, I realized、uh, a few things. One is really important work. There's a lot of people who need help. And you know, helping hands is really addressing this in a, in a different way with technology and technology. Building a scalable solution that will, I think, persist beyond the pandemic.、Um, but also, I really love this. <laughs> that I think the, the operating role is, you know, I am finding it fulfilling in so many ways、um, that I didn't realize from a work perspective. I think the wanting to give back. Uh, especially, you know, thinking back to March and April, that everyone, I think, wanted to do something.、Uh, because of my situation with, with my partner、uh, not being able to go out to help, the opportunity to, to give back and do it using my skills and my experience was, was something that was really attractive. I was,、um, you know, you can give time and money, and those are all very important things. Uh, but to, you know, to have the opportunity to, to use my, my skills to help this organization do more and do so better, more efficiently, all those things, I think was something that, regardless of nonprofit or, or not,、um, you know, we look like a, a tech startup. All intents and purposes, we're a 150 core team of volunteers that have been you know, engineering, building products, design, marketing.、Um, And, and so 
even though it is a nonprofit, we know that the bottom line that we're aiming to serve is as many people as, as, as possible. I think the, the skills that I bring over from the tech world very much are, are in play here. You know, one of the things that we are very much conscious of is how do we build a sustainable business model? Because for Helping Hands to continue to, to serve as many people, there are, you know, many, many organizations out there that can raise funds to, to just put, you know, put more money towards the problem. But what we want to do is to be able to bring technology to help reduce costs and make markets more efficient. So how do we connect volunteers with food banks? How do we connect food banks with different channels that can help them get food to people who need it most? And, and so the, the tech ethos, I think some of that very much comes into, into play. How do we build a product that is, has a, a great UX for anyone who, who's coming in contact to it? How do we, think through the kinds of requirements um, that a, a partner, that a potential recipient, that a volunteer, uh, that our core team that's using this product would have. And then, you know, the, the go-to-market. So how do we find partners? How do we uh, help them understand how we might be able to help them? Uh, how do we figure out what the right operational and financial arrangement is? Those are all okay, go-to-market elements that, look like B2B software sales, <laughs> frankly. Uh, and being able to enable 150 core team volunteers to understand, you know, what our our mission is, what are our core values. Again, those are, um, you know, every organization should have an understanding of, of, of you know, how do you organize a, a team, a company, and or, you know, a, a nonprofit. Uh, so that they are most efficiently kind of marching in the same direction. I think early on, we started coming across organizations that one had that intersection of, of COVID exacerbating the problem around food that already existed in this country. Uh, and that is a need that I think we'll, I think we realized early on that's going to continue beyond the pandemic. And the technology, the organization, the relationships that we're building now, uh, I think, are going to help us continue to solve that problem once COVID passes. And COVID will pass. By bringing volunteers and partners like Uber together with people who are most at risk of COVID, delivering food and supplies, Helping Hands has supported more than 40,000 families since the nonprofit started during the pandemic. And for Aki, taking the role there has really given her a chance to reflect on her career and the new path it's taken. I think throughout my career, I've gravitated towards roles that are, are building. I like figuring out how things work. I think my brain is well wired to look at a bunch of different things and put order around them, put a process in place and teach a lot of people how it works. And so even though functionally it's been in uh, very different places, that that's a common theme. 
Uh, I think what's different in tech and what I'm doing now is uh, I'm the chief operating officer for for Helping Hands Community, which uh, is very much a, a broad role. <laughs> I think most CEOs will tell you that, and it's taking that 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 mindset of how do you make this entire system work well together beyond one function, uh, beyond working with a few functions, so looking at the organization as a whole. Uh, and that's really fun for me. <laughs> I can't say this was a, a, a conscious, you know, thought out plan. <laughs> it was a opportunity that I, I jumped at because I wanted to help. As most people at Helping Hands, that's usually, you know, how their involvement starts. And I, I know the the reinventors talks about, you know, how do you plan, but also have the courage to take a, a gigantic step. Um, I don't think I not I don't think I would have not done it, but I'm not sure it would have occurred to me in the same way to to jump at an opportunity like this uh, without the pandemic. You know, doing something that matters. Uh, I think I'll have a hard time going to an organization where I don't see the tie-in uh, of how, you know, how I am directly impacting communities. Your career goes where, where it goes. You, you are where you're supposed to be. <laughs> you know, so much of, so much of this experience has been so fast. It's important to take the time to reflect to see how it's actually changing how, how you think about things at the core. When I think of what I want to do next, uh, helping an organization figure out you know, how it can be better, how it can do more good in the world is, is is going to be, I think, pretty core to to what I what I look for, and I think the this operating role is is something that I've I've learned that I really like. Uh, how do I help people do their jobs better so that they have more impact in the world? I don't think I knew that's what I wanted to do or was good at. <laughs> I like to think that you are where you're supposed to be. There's opportunities to learn about yourself, new skills in, in every step of, of the way. And I think being proactive to make sure that you can reflect on it um, and then you can turn it into a story that makes sense for you is a powerful way to own what's happening to you in your career during this really uncertain time. Check out helpinghands.community to see how you can get involved. Thanks for listening to The Reinventors. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and you can follow the show on Twitter at The Reinventors or me at Claire underscore Wiley.